0: Bruce Broodreau. It's, How do you say that guy's name? I believe it's, um, boo bru Boot. don't know. It's tough. It is. Anything, this guy's got a it, tongue twister for a name. He's the unique <clears throat> New York of coaches. You dotted in red. Remember Todd White? Where did Eric Carlson eat last night? doesn't matter if you ask, it's the Chet and Luke podcast. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode Ray of the Chet Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. I'm Luke, and I'm joined as always by the man who spent the last several years in Switzerland and now thinks he's ready to make a return to the big leagues. It's Chet Sellers. <laughs> How you doing, man? Pleasure to be here. Welcome to the show. Love the show. How are you? I'm good. It's been an interesting week and a half to two weeks in the land of the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators were in need of a head coach. And so, as far as I can tell, they interviewed every single hockey coach on the planet Earth in an exhaustive effort to find the right one. So I recall hearing that they
1: interviewed Mike Yo, that they interviewed mm-hmm. Guy Boucher, Mark Crawford. Mm-hmm. Bruce Boudreau. Mm-hmm.
0: Who else was in that group? Did um, they? I believe there was one, Randall P. Carlisle.
1: Ah, yes. Although that may have just been a uh, that may have just been a telephone interview, right?
0: Yeah, I like to think that was just a troll move by Pierre <laughs> Dorian, just keeping everyone on their toes. <laughs>
1: oh, that guy's got some swagger, I gotta say. Pierre Dorian is probably the first senator's general manager
0: that reads Twitter, right? Oh, it seems like it he enjoys firing <laughs> those guys up, trolling those yeah. guys. I think the uh, general consensus was that the best man for the job, based on, you know, no insider knowledge whatsoever, Was Bruce Boudreaux. Whirlwind media tour of Ottawa. Daughter and granddaughter, both in town, both seemed to be supportive. You know, everything was coming up, senators, on that. We had rumors that he wanted to be in Ottawa and that there was a will on both sides to get a deal done. And it was reported that there was even contract terms discussed. And then when Bruce Boudreau went and signed with the Minnesota Wild, people lost their minds
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's true why would anybody go sign with the minnesota wild except if it was for more term and more money (laughs) will
0: these infernal riddles never cease
1: you know this is just Uh, another example of people pointing the finger at eugene melnick when he doesn't deserve it Right. When really he's just out there trying his best, giving his GM all the resources he needs to hire the coach that he truly wants. And Mm -hmm. then as soon as Bruce Boudreaux goes to Minnesota, oh, we're all just picking on the huge again. It's disgusting. When are we going to start giving Eugene Melnick the benefit of the doubt? That's what I want to (laughs) know.
0: So Bruce Boudreaux... Signs in Minnesota, and everyone just goes, oh, here we go again, classic cheap senators. The next day, CNN cut live to the exterior of the Canadian Tire Center, and we saw the white smoke rising from the chimney to signal that, yes, the Ottawa Senators do have a new coach, and that coach is Guy Boucher. Yep. And it turns out that the uh, birds coming up from
1: the south for the summer aren't the only geese coming to Ottawa. I think we might have to cancel the podcast now.
0: (laughs) I think you just have to think if that was one of of
1: your tweets Pierre Dorian would favorite it. I'll tell you that right now. I'll tell you that for free.
0: All right. That's some quality material. That's why people pay no money to listen to this. We got to get the uh, we got to get our Bitcoin wallet out there. Get people to to tip us. Not a lot of people know this but I actually invented Bitcoin but you got to keep that on the down low. Guy Boucher his arrival in Ottawa has been met with a I would go so far to describe it as a smattering of applause. And also he's brought in Mark Crawford, who used the word analytics once. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone's immediately mm-hmm. on board with this uh, with this tandem of a guy who couldn't coach Stephen Stamkos and a guy who may or may not have ordered Todd Bertuzzi to physically <laughs> assault Steve Moore. Well, I'm the, all in on this team. <laughs> the
1: great thing about the Senators is that they're a team that believes in second chances. And if Alex Chason wasn't proof enough of that, just look at the fact that in the last two years, we've now brought in two thirds of the Mark Crawford, Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore triangle to try to rehabilitate uh, both of those guys. So it's good to know that the senators believe in second chances.
0: Yep, Ottawa Senators
1: still got it. But yes, the Senators now have two guys that have been in Switzerland for a couple years, and everyone's convinced that's exactly what the Senators need to turn things around. Get the guys that are used to coaching in a league that employs Guillaume Latondresse to lead the Senators to the promised land. It's kind of
0: very, um, like, post-World War II, in a way. It's like, these disgraced people were run Mm. out of their home country and just, like, went to chill in Switzerland for a few years while all the drama blew over. (laughs) It could be like that, or it could be like... these are the uh german rocket scientists
1: that are going to take us to the moon (laughs) oh that's good (laughs) and we have to get we have to get them before the
0: khl does guy boucher as the (laughs) werner von braun of hockey yes exactly i don't think he looks like a bond villain just because he's got a scar on his face but it does help (laughs) it does help that is true i mean and then there's mark crawford who looks like a magician (laughs) mark crawford looks like um guy fieri's uncle or something like that exactly Do you do you see eventually there being some kind of power struggle between Crawford and Boucher? The thing is that they've been playing up so much like how well they work together and what good friends they are and how nice it was to have each other to lean on while they were both in Switzerland trying to do eat, pray, love stuff. (laughs) So I would hope not. I think if it gets to that sort of point, things have already deteriorated so badly that that's going to be the least of their concerns. So you've got two guys that are
1: coming back from Switzerland. Both have had NHL success. Both. Both Mm -hmm. are hungry for a second chance. Both Mm -hmm. are saying all the right things about Mm -hmm. we're going to play an offensive game and we're going to not, you know, make Eric Carlson change and they know what analytics are. (laughs) senators Mm -hmm. fans are especially on twitter are like well what do we complain about now i guess we'll just have to make a bunch of bad one-liners like we always do i guess we have to wait and see sort of what the team looks like coming out of the draft coming out of free agency coming out of whether there's any trades but when can we start feeling pessimistic again
0: that's what i want to know i find it interesting how low the senators fans' standards are in terms of what makes them feel good about a coach Guy Boucher goes into that press conference and says, Eric Carlson is very good, and my coaching strategy will be to encourage him to continue to be good. And everyone gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> well, I think, it's, I think it's relative to, to expectations,
1: right? I mean, mm. there were a lot of people ready to believe the worst when the Senators said, oh, we need to bring in an experienced coach, that it was going to necessarily be some kind of Randy Carlisle-style disciplinarian idiot. Right. Who Mm -hmm. on his first day was going to be like, let me tell you what Eric Carlson needs to do block shots. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's yeah, what, you know, yeah.
1: it's like I, three Norris trophies or two with with a third mm. on the way. You know, that's great. But when are we going to talk about Eric Carlson starting to block some shots? Preferably right. with his face, if he can. Because, yeah, frankly, and, that guy's got a little bit of an ego.
0: Yeah. And the entire everyone's reaction to that would just be like, I lust for your imminent demise. <laughs>
1: and then Pierre Dorian comes out and says, no, no, no. Guy Boucher was always our first choice, which Bruce Boudreau later confirmed that there was never any sort of serious contract talks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's our first choice. You've got the guy saying all the right things. It's like, oh, well, that's this guy isn't Randy Carlisle. So even if he, you know, washed out of Tampa a few years ago and Steve Eiserman hated him, he must be the right guy.
0: I think I am necessarily considerably more pessimistic about Guy Boucher than a lot of other Sens fans right now. Frankly, it's because I'm not ready to love again um you know mom can't keep on bringing home new dads for me to try to respect and appreciate and i've i've been burned before i I want to see what the ottawa senators look like on the ice before i start declaring Guy Boucher a genius so i guess the rubber will hit the road with Boucher and Crawford i guess
1: once we start seeing lineups right because Mm. what do Sens fans like to analyze more than lineups and player combinations and ice time and and shifts and deployments and all of that mm-hmm. and to me I mean I guess we'll see sort of what roster Guy Boucher is given whether he is going to have the choice of deploying Alex Chieson next year or not or Ryan Zingle or whoever but to me I think where we're gonna see the effects of or lack of change with Guy Boucher is going to be with Chris Neal like whether mm-hmm. or not he's going to be playing Chris Neal in the role that you know he's become accustomed to or whether he's going to be even healthy scratched some of the- the time. That's that's what's very interesting to me, whether he's going to come in and commit to the style of up-tempo
0: offensive hockey that is going to maybe reduce the role of a guy like a Chris Neal. For me, it sounds like the guy who's going to get the most benefit from uh, Guy Boucher, assuming he resigns with the Ottawa Senators, is Mike Hoffman. That's what a lot of people are saying, that Guy Boucher coached him in the queue. I think it was one of Mike Hoffman's best offensive seasons. Guy Boucher referred to Mike Hoffman as a game breaker, mm-hmm. and in a, in a good way too, and not in the he kicked my Xbox sort of way. So I think Mike Hoffman will definitely be back. Um, the
1: only question is, is he back on a one-year contract uh, that's awarded through arbitration, or is he back on an actual deal?
0: Well, I mean, if you're Mike Hoffman and you weren't sure if you're going to have to <laughs> deal with uh, the personality conflict alleged with uh dave cameron and now you've got this old coach who you presumably like who respects and appreciates you maybe you're like well you know guy boucher's got a three-year contract i'm willing to sign a three-year contract as well it's not an alleged personality conflict anymore pierre Dorion confirmed it i don't know if you which saw was, that which was surprising pierre Dorion, he is just pure tap water there is no filter on that guy <laughs> like he does not have a filter yet that's true he- He goes in there and is like, yeah, okay. We all kind of thought there was something up with uh, Dave Cameron and Mike Hoffman. And to answer your question, yes, there was. (laughs) No, absolutely. You never see that from anyone in hockey.
1: Eventually, Pierre Dorian will be run through the same Brita that every other GM has run through. But for now, he's shooting from the hip, and I love it.
0: Until then, Pierre Dorian is can't-miss-radio. You have no idea what real talk that guy's going to deliver. Well, he's can't miss radio. Eugene Melnick is can't miss radio. It's a great time to be a sense
1: fan. If you like can't miss radio. And I think, sure. I think right now is also the honeymoon period with Pierre Dorian. I mean, we'll see what happens, uh, what his vision for the team is over this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point he's going to show up with a more expensive haircut. And that's when I'm going to start to get a little suspicious, uh, right. that he's starting to feel himself a little bit, but, uh, right. at least for now he's, uh, you know, lovable, goofy Pierre Dorian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, hopefully, he, t- he takes
0: uh, Mike Hoffman to the wall in contract negotiations. Pierre Dorian currently rocking a haircut that I would respectfully refer to as my dad. <laughs>
1: So we uh, we've been talking about coaching changes and all of that, which obviously has been the big news of the last couple of
0: weeks. But uh, it's been a while since we talked to the people that listen to this podcast. Anyway, yeah, we put a call out on the Twitter for your questions. And boy, did you not disappoint. So let's dip into the old mailbag and see yeah. what comes out. Hayden Moyer asks,
1: uh, what upcoming Ottawa area summer festival is each senator most likely to attend? That's a
0: fantastic question. It's a strong question. How many country music related festivals does the Ottawa area have at this point? Uh, there's a couple. Anyway, Eric Carlson's going to end up wherever there is country music. We know this to be true. Right. Um, he's he's definitely played up the country thing
1: in the last couple of years.
0: I think that uh, Mika Zabanjad is going to DJ another party boat cruise on Canada Day weekend. That's probably true. Zabanejad is the kind of guy, though, that's like, no,
1: I don't go to uh, Blues Fest. I'm mm-hmm. going to um, Oceaga to, like, stay in a tent for two days and then play, like, the weird EDM
0: shed brought to you by Vitamin Water. Yep. Chris Phillips and Chris Neal are both going to attend one of Ottawa's seven craft brewery festivals. Oh, absolutely. I think that's just what those guys do now. Then you've got the sort of bro guys like um,
1: Zach Smith and Mark Mathot. Those are straight Blues Fest guys. Oh, yeah, for they're, they're sure. They're going to Blues Fest for sure. So anybody on the senator's team that would go to Jazz Fest? Colin Greening when he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's probably true. He would And he would have totally been somebody in a lawn chair telling people to sit down. Yeah. When people started to sway when return to forever really started to break things down, <laughs> Colin Greening would be the one telling them to sit down at Jazz Fest, that's for sure. Sitting next to Colin Greening it's like, oh that hi hat work is impeccable. I mean I would like to say that Eric Carlson's game is is the most reminiscent of free jazz, uh and that he should he should have more of a uh attraction to the likes of Ornette Coleman uh but for some reason he's just decided that uh no 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 that's that's my that's my job when I'm off I want something I want something I can relax with I need country music mm-hmm. I want to hear about trucks and dirt roads and girls in short shorts on the hood of trucks and all that bro country crap that uh that you can hear if you if you are into that kind of thing mm-hmm are there any senators that are going to Comic-Con? Oh, I mean, Mike Hoffman, because he looks like a Dragon Ball Z character. Alex Chieson will go to pretend he's Jamie Bamber
0: in Battlestar Galactica. I don't know who that is. Uh, if you told me that, that Alex Chieson was the new Doctor Who, I'd probably believe you. Alex Chieson would make a good Doctor Who, because like the Doctor, hard to find a good companion for him. He keeps on switching out. And he plays hockey like he's in a phone booth.
1: <laughs> I think we can weave that one there. Okay armchair tbj manager wants to know how many games does chris Neal dress for the 2016 2017 season that should actually be for how many games does chris Neal dress uh, mm-hmm. because obviously chris Neal would not actually be dressing a game mm-hmm. so i just would like to point that out grammatically before we answer the question you are the strunk
0: and white of sense twitter my friend (laughs) The strunken Todd White. I'm going to say that uh, Chris Neal dresses for a respectful 55 games. I think it's going to be a slow phase out. The same way Microsoft quietly stopped supporting Windows XP. It's going to be one of those situations. I'll take the over on 55. I don't think he had a bad year last year. And I mean, he was
1: carrying Shane Prince for most of it. So exactly. That's going to be something that comes back, right? Is, oh, now we finally got a coach that, you know, appreciates the kind of thing that Shane Prince does. Too bad we traded him for a third round pick to the islanders if only we still had shane prince guy boucher would have gotten all of the hockey could have out of shane prince wait for um, for that take to be to be a narrative at some point
0: shane (laughs) prince also four points in the playoffs like that's pretty impressive he was in the playoffs like you think you can just find four point playoff guys anywhere how many points did Corey conacher have uh in the playoffs a few years ago against
1: montreal he scored a couple of timely goals didn't he Mm -hmm. there you go he's in switzerland now i think
0: yeah, he actually had a quote he had a quote about Guy Boucher, which was he was the most offensive coach that he'd ever played for. So if Guy Boucher by playing um
1: Corey Conacher with Steven Stamkos was able to pump up his value, make him a potential Calder candidate, and then allow the Lightning to sell high on him and pick up Ben Bishop. Uh it almost makes me wonder if we really want to keep Alex Chase Let Guy Boucher work his magic for a few months and then trade him for oh, I don't know, Henrik Lundquist.
0: Yo, Cory Conecker had fifty two points in in 48 games last year in the Swiss League. That is wild. Yeah. He had more points than he was inches tall. That's incredible.
1: And that's tough. That's like like shooting your age in golf. Sorry, what was the question? Oh, yeah, Chris Neal. Yeah, he'll he'll address most of the games. I I think he'll play the majority of the games. I think he will sort of, you know, be reduced in role. But I think we'll kind of see how, how Guy Boucher uses him. I think the thing with Chris Neal is that if he's not playing badly, he's only on a one-year deal, and I suspect there will be uh, a lot of arguments this year about whether or not he should be extended.
0: Well, we've been trying to trade him at the deadline for the last couple of years. <laughs> Are those the only two options we have for Chris Neal, is trade him or extend him? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, well, the other
1: option is let him leave in free agency, and the Senators would never let a career Senator leave in free agency. So Yeah, it's all about asset management. Exactly. You got to get, get stuff back for Chris Neal while you can. And the great thing is, is that Eugene Melnick can't even send him a hostile email during contract negotiations, because Chris Neal strikes me as a guy who probably doesn't
0: even have email. He's old school, you know? He's a mm-hmm. throwback. He's still um, doing things with stamps. He's got that T9 flip phone. <laughs> Lauren D. at Lauren Dots asks, on a scale of one to Bufflin, how much postseason weight does Eric Carlson put on? eric carlson actually loses weight because he's no longer carrying the ottawa senators in the off season <laughs>
1: uh, oh
0: bon mo bon
1: mo very good uh he does pl- he does pack he does pack the pounds on though if you see some of those uh some of those instagram shots of him in uh hawaii or new zealand or whichever uh exotic island destination he's in this week you know at a certain point he does start to
0: um fill those tiny shorts out a little bit there is no gut that's, that's disgusting season. Like, off-season hockey player gut. It's true.
1: And he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that necessarily sticks to the vodka soda that most hockey players drink when they're trying not to pack on the calories. Like, Mm -hmm. you see him, he's drinking those, like, quadruple bay breezes. He's got fruity drinks. He's got daiquiris. He's got stuff in, you know, these giant glasses. He's getting those sugar calories and those alcohol calories. Exactly. He's getting both. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that when your body has to metabolize the alcohol, it just stores the sugar. So it spikes your insulin. It's a nightmare. Never drink sugary cocktails unless you're Eric Carlson.
0: And you can do anything you want. I like that we're bringing the people uh, nutritional advice today. (laughs) I like where where this is going. I'm JC at JAC23 underscore asks, if the Sens had to recreate Captain America Civil War, what would the fight be about and who would lead each side? I've got to feel like Eric Carlson is the Iron Man of the Ottawa Senators for a number of reasons. Okay. I think people often, or at least the perception is that Captain America is kind of the de facto leader of the Avengers. And yet we all know that we're going to see those movies for uh, for Iron Man. So Iron Man is the is the brilliant playboy that drinks
1: too much, right? Yeah. Okay. And can basically create things out of nothing. Mm-hmm. And Captain America is the sort of more traditional conservative
0: superhero. Mm hmm. OK, so is that Chris mm-hmm. Neal? That's Chris Neal, right? Yeah, it feels like it's Chris Neal, the kind of old school guy who was frozen for a long time and has to adjust to a world that's moved on without him.
1: Well, then then that's that's a very good comparison. Or let me let me ask you this. Is the Iron Man versus Captain America battle in the senator's dressing room next year between upstart Eric Carlson, the captain and former captain Dion Phaneuf? Because Dion Phaneuf, I hear, is
0: quite the leader. What about a man we haven't talked about yet? Mark Borvietsky. Do <laughs> you think he saw Mark Crawford talking about analytics and just immediately threw a belt sander through his television? <laughs> because you know that because you know that Mark uh, Borviatsky's chosen weapon
1: is grit. You know, it's funny because I had sort of positioned Chris Neal as being like the uh, bright
0: line test for Guy Boucher, but you're absolutely right. It's Mark Borbieski. So it's a fight for the soul of the Ottawa Senators between the Iron Man of Eric Carlson and the Captain America of this weird Chris Neal slash Dion Phaneuf hybrid. I think it's Dion Phaneuf. I think he's the uh,
1: he's the captain. That isn't the captain. So that'll be interesting to see. The other, if you want a literal so interpretation think Bobby Ryan goes, well, if you want a literal interpretation of Captain America, you Bobby Ryan is Captain America, right? He's Captain America. Yep, And he gets Craig Anderson on side. You know, they recruit Colin White mm-hmm. is Zingle American. That sounds right. Chris Weidman's American. Chris Weidman's very American. He's playing in the World Championships right now. Mm-hmm. Clark MacArthur isn't American, but he does live
0: in the U.S. in the offseason. Oh, so he's like a, he's got crossover appeal. As does Andrew Hammond. Andrew Hammond feels like the Hawkeye of the Avengers <laughs> to me. There's this kind of like norm dude yeah he doesn't really have anything particularly impressive going for him except you know he often does useful things hawkeye was always the marvel
1: version of green arrow uh and not nearly as cool mm-hmm. uh because green arrow was like you know just a super smart guy who just used regular arrows and hawkeye always had these dumb trick arrows like with a big boxing glove on the end at least in the mm-hmm. comics i don't know if the movies are more serious now um yeah hawkeye was always super lame <laughs> Sorry, Andrew Hammond <laughs> Our
0: uh, good friend uh, staff at Puck Possessed wants to know What Star Wars character would Guy Boucher be? I think he kind of looks like Grand Moff Tarkin a bit I can see him kind of like second in command To the Emperor type vibe to him Okay You know, one of the chief designers of the Death Star Sure. Brilliant mind who, you know, maybe is a little overconfident. I, I assume he's an evil character. Right. Um, what, is there a good character that Guy Boucher could possibly be? Well, mean- he's um, oh. is being
1: looked upon as kind of a miracle worker that's going to fix everything that's wrong with the senators, even though he's not necessarily got the necessary resources to, um, you know, be able to fully fix everything. But he's, he, you know, we're all trusting that he's going to find a way to take these sort of spare parts and put them together into something that works. So I'd say if you were any Star Wars character uh, on that basis he'd probably be scotty right fair okay
0: all right folks uh we're gonna leave it there thank you very much for your questions and thanks for making this pod happen and uh, we'll
1: see everybody, I
0: guess, uh, in a few
1: weeks. And once the uh, Stanley Cup has been given out, and we can all congratulate uh, Phil Kessel of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and look forward to the draft and to uh, Pierre Dorian's vision for shaping this team going forward. I'm very interested to see what yeah, happens.
0: Free agent frenzy preview and uh, draft preview coming up. And until that time, enjoy your spring. Have a great spring. Whoa. For a couple of fellers who both still live with their moms, breaking the town's local hockey team down, with some microphones on. No other podcast was finer. What was more of a hit with the big rig diners? We never thought they'd make it past episode five. Whoa, somehow these dudes named Chad and Perry still alive. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa.